mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm Russell Tovin. I'm Robert Diamond. This is Talkart. Welcome to Talkart. How are you, Rob? Really sleepy today. Are you? Why? Well, I thought jet lag didn't exist. Right. But I think I've been proven wrong. You've been screaming in everyone's face, jet lag doesn't exist. We went for dinner the other night and I was literally like... Uh, we we had we met our friend um, the actor Pedro Pasta- Pascal Pastel Pastel <laughs> Pedro- Pastel <laughs> Pedro Pascal yeah we, we hung out with our dear friend Pedro Pastel yeah and um, Pastel <laughs> um, and I, he was like you look really jet lagged and I was like jet lag doesn't exist like yeah. really aggressively and today. across the table and then last night we went to see his play and afterwards um, I actually I was awake for the whole play but then after the play I was just falling asleep yeah so. yeah 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 good um, well I'm hungover today so we're both in the same sort of boat. <laughs> We went out last night after King Lear because it's a heavy show. It was a heavy show. We went out and had a few drinks. Um, Glenda Jackson and she was Pedro Pastel, (laughs) Ruth Wilson. Ruth was amazing, amazing. And Pedro's performance, I thought, was like the best thing. It was just incredible. Phenomenal. Anyway, we are joined today by uh, an incredibly vibrant, special, wonderful, dynamic artist. I saw his work in a group show at the Jeffrey Deitch Space on Worcester Street in New York uh, in a show called Punch. Group show curated by Nina Chanel Abney. We love Nina Chanel. We love. And I remember I saw this work and I thought it was incredible, his work. And I Instagrammed it. And then we connected on Instagram and he slid into my DMs in a professional (laughs) sense and said, come do a studio visit. And I did. So I went all the way over to Brooklyn and that was around Halloween last year. I love that you can do that now. Like you can just meet your heroes straight away. It's the magic of Instagram. Anyway. Uh, and he's joined today. He's an emerging artist, and he's incredibly exciting, and he's got an amazing voice. And we would love to welcome to Talk Art, John Key. Hi, thank you uh, so much for having me. Of You're course. so welcome. <laughs> How are you today? I'm good. I'm also a little sleepy. You are. What did you do last night? Um, work, 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 and then I watched uh, Last Watch on HBO, the documentary of the making of Game of Thrones. Do you watch Game of Thrones? No. Yeah, I'm obsessed with Game of Thrones, but. There's a two-hour documentary about the making of the last season, and it is amazing. Did you wow. like the last season? I really liked the last season. Like, I rewatched the whole series, like, right before I watched the last season. So I understand what they had to do. Like, I feel like they ended it in a way that was necessary Because the, the books didn't exist anymore, did they? Yeah. Was, yeah. And we knew that Daenerys was going crazy. I don't know. I, can I talk about spoilers? Spoilers, absolutely. Whatever. It's been on. You should have watched on. it. If you haven't watched it, yeah. fuck you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> There's so many memes about it. But yeah, yeah, I just felt like Daenerys had to die. I felt like, you know... But did you like the way she died? I was really frustrated by it. It all felt too, like, It was just too easy. poetic. It everything was, just... was everything... All everybody's deaths were too easy. I agree. It wasn't climatic enough. No. But I felt like they were definitely... That last episode was all poetry. You know, they just really had to, like, figure out beautiful I didn't know, sorry, but where Ty- Tyrion just reveals, like, two bricks. And there's <laughs> Jamie and Cersei there, like, trust right. up lovers dead. I was like, more than two... Like, there's just, like, <laughs> a light peppering of brick was on top of them. Definitely not... Factual or actual or real. Right. But I definitely... But it never was. There's dragons and yeah. giants and the dead are living, so... But Tyrion's monologues, I think, were really beautiful. Beautiful. He's... In the last episode. I love him. I basically yeah. am in complete silence right now because I've never seen it. <gasps> and I need to start from the beginning. And also, the main reason I wanted to see it is because Pedro's in it. Pedro, isn't he? And Obon. I've never Pedro seen Pascal. him in it. And I really want to see plays it. He plays Obon. The guy gets his eyes gouged out by the mountain. Do you remember? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so, amazing yeah. in it, Do you remember? Yes, I do. Yeah, he is amazing. So yeah. he's in King Lear at the minute. So, I also want to watch King Lear. Y'all are talking about it. Yeah. I want to watch it. Game of Thrones aside. So we met yes. at this group show uh, at the Jeffrey Deitch Museum. And you you were putting that show by Nina because she's a friend of yours and a collector of your work, right? Yes. Nina saw my work at Spring Break Art Fair in like 2018. Right. And became a collector. We kind of messaged no, back that was before. last year. Didn't you do Spring, do spring Break before that then? I did. I've done Spring Break three times. So oh, last cool. year was my, like this past year was my third year doing it. Right. But That's she just, because the, the show was last year, wasn't it? So she'd have seen it in 2017. Right. Um, I did it in 2017. I did it in 2018, which right. is when she got a painting, and then I did it in 2019. Right, right, right. Yeah. So that's when we met. Was like around that show. 
And she lives with your work, didn't you say? She, she lives with my work, yeah. It's amazing. It's like I was talking to them and they're like, you know, it's amazing waking up to your painting every morning. Yeah. And I was like, what? Like, this is so amazing. And I love, obviously love Nina's work and she's such a hero and inspiration for me. So it's just kind of, I don't know, remarkable and humbling just to be a part of that experience yeah. and be a part of her world. Yeah. And for her to respect me and my work and put me in a show, it's all very exciting. It was an amazing group show, incredible artists yes. she was alongside. I mean, do you feel like that's made a change being in that group show? I mean, you met me, obviously. But oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it did because, I mean, I got a solo show um, opportunity right after that because of that group show. That was at the Rubber Factory. And at the Rubber Factory, yeah. um, which is directed by Mike Tan. And that was really amazing, just the opportunity to do that. And yeah. also, again, having another opportunity to show my work and yeah. like do more of that type of kind of big wall environmental landscape paintings. Um, do you paint directly on the walls, like murals, or do you work on... No, so this that work was all on paper, mm-hmm. um, but they, I call them wall paintings just because they're so big. Uh-huh. Um, and the way that I like work is on a wall, and it's like taping this kind of six by six feet piece of paper or larger to a wall and painting on them. Um, but now I'm transitioning over into experimenting on canvas yeah. and doing some um, paintings of acrylic paintings on canvas. So I'm excited about that. The thing that I found really impressive about the images that I've seen, because I didn't, I've, I've seen the one that Russell has, but I haven't um, actually You've seen, seen a show. House, right? the, on Instagram. I saw it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah it looks yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah, totally great. But um, I haven't actually seen a show in person myself yet. But from the photographs I've seen, I love the way that you do create a complete environment and that you can like walk into this space and it's completely created immersive. by you. It's like an immersive experience experience so even though you do make works on paper which look like paintings on paper but um that you can hang on the wall but actually the you know the wallpaper the kind of floor like everything it's like a total experience Interior, and i love yeah. that yeah thank you yeah I and mean, like spring break and my solo show was kind of the first the solo show was the first time that i did like the wallpaper and the violet pattern and all of that but spring break i was actually able to do like all the walls painted in like paint 270 tiles, like two different colors of violet and lay them out. Did you do them all yourself? Like it wasn't- I had a crew of people to help me lay everything out, but I painted them all myself. And, but I had my amazing friends from Codify Art, Serena, Gordon, Jerry Key, my twin, um, my partner, Wael Morco's like, I had a lot of people out helping me because I can never do that alone with so much work. Yeah, cool. It was amazing. But when, so when I met you, I came to your house and your studio, you have a work, live, space yes and um it's it's amazing but you you are looking to move somewhere else now i need more space (laughs) i am i i don't know i want a place where i can get messier you know the biggest problem with painting in you know a house space or apartment building you can't really use toxins you can't really use like oil paint you can't really like get that messy yeah um so i just want like a space where i can get a little bit messy i think i will still paint in my house like i love the accessibility of that, but I also want places to do th- bigger things and messier things and paint oil and make clothes and do sculpture and like, yeah, I don't yeah. know, just expand the practice. Are I you have, looking near where you live? Yeah, I found a place, like actually my friend um, Jess is moving, is going to RISD actually wow. for their MFA and she has friends in this kind of art building in Bed-Stuy, which is like 10 minutes from my house. Perfect. So it's like, because, I, I mean, do. the convenience of having it literally next door to your bedroom and living room must be really great for you. It's great. I, you know, I can, anytime I have inspiration, I can go in and, like, start painting. But it's also bad because I really never have a break. You know, I'm always yeah. wanting to paint. It's like, oh, if I just do one more thing at 1 a.m., it's going to be great, you know. And what's it like for your partner living with your studio as well? I mean, because, well, my partner is also a graphic designer, and we also do that together, and we run a studio together. So it's like, we, he also works out of the apartment. Like, so it's... We have designers that come over. We have clients that come over. So it's a really nice space. I mean, like, it's really nice for us because we both kind of find our spaces in the house to make our work. Um, And we kind of have designated zones for, like, this is the messy room or this is kind of, like, the neat computer clean area. Uh, But it's kind of nice. I think it's exciting. I think they like it. Um, He likes it because, I don't know, it's it's inspiring. It's fun. It's something different than what we do, I think. The thing I love a lot about your work is the self-portraiture element to it, mm-hmm. as in your artwork. And Russell has an amazing one. It's you in this incredible purple-violet suit. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be a recurring theme for you. Yes. So how did you, when, when did you first start like, painting yourself? Yeah, so I started painting myself probably when I first started painting. So I'm a twin. So um, growing up, you know, we were introduced into theater and doing singing in the church choir and doing pageants and stuff like that. Where did you grow up? 
In Alabama, right. Uh-huh. I'm wow. from Seal, Alabama. Wow. Um, now I'm in New York. Um, but so growing up, we're RC kids. You know, we did theater camps. We did all of that. And I think... But that's great that your parents pushed that side of... They did. But I think it was also still like a, like a battle. Like, I don't think our parents wanted us to be artists. But I think now looking back, our mom literally said last time we were home, was like, I couldn't... Like, y'all were destined to be artists. Like, everything we did growing up was art. But so when I first started painting and like figuring out how to paint, I used to paint myself. And I think that was so interesting just because I was like, and I was like 10 years old, figuring out the differences between my twin and I maybe, really trying to figure out like who I am versus who he is because uh, who they are. So I don't know, that's how I started. And then when I, but I also started HTML at the same time. Like my mom brought home this HTML graphic design book um, and was like, oh, someone at her job said that y'all would like this. Y'all are smart. Like do this. So I started graphic design and painting at the exact same time, like when I was 10. And then moving forward, like college uh, or high school, I painted a lot of self-portraiture, like my whole AP thesis thing, like AP. What's AP stand for? AP is like, um, what is it? It's like college stuff. It's like to get a college credit, like, uh, I don't know what it stands for. It's like a degree. It's like a degree. It's like a uh, thing you take college credit courses in high school and you can like test and then get out of a credit. I don't know. We don't. I don't, I don't know. know if we have that. We don't have like, like A levels. I think. You it sounds like, like a project or something, something like a project you do in order to get. An, it's like a, so. If you take like uh, like uh, AP history, for example, right? That means like, oh, when I if I'm going to be a history major when I go to college, maybe I can get one less credit. Right. You know, I have to take one less credit because I took this history class in high school. Got it. So it's like college credit classes, like college level classes, but you do them in high school and then you test. For a college credit. Right, 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 right. Anyways, <laughs> I did AP art. I did yeah. a lot of APs, but one of them were AP art, and I did a bunch of self-portraits for that. And so but if you're a twin, I guess they're self-portrait, but they're also your twin, right? Well, it's interesting. So we're fraternal, but people say we look identical. And so I think there was always a question for What does me. fraternal mean? What do you mean? Fraternal, like we um, like, you know, we weren't it's like science, like, you know, we weren't born from the same eggs, we're like two separate eggs or something, and what? We look, we look, yeah, we look the same, so there's, there's... but we don't look exactly the oh, same. Oh, okay. So you're not, non-identical twins. We're not identical. Exactly. Okay, got it. Right, right, exactly. Right, right. right. But it's like, you know, it's like a scientific term. But we look pretty similar. So yeah. it's really weird. Yeah. Um, but when I started the Man in the Violet Suit series specifically, um, that was kind of a response to the Porcelain Lando nightclub shooting and thinking about the spaces that queer people take up and claim as safe. And at the, also at the same time, kind of, my own practice also includes writing. So I was doing a lot of writing and personal narrative work and stream of consciousness writing of kind of um, talking about these four themes of my identity, which are blackness, queerness, family, and southerness. And through my writing and through kind of like process, I got to these four colors, which are violet for queerness, green for southerness, black for blackness, and red for family. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of like the foundation of it. And I think why I started doing self-portraiture is because, like, you know, if you have nobody else to paint, like, you paint yourself, you know. And I almost always a firm believer, like, I want to figure out my story, like, as an artist, as a person, before I can assume the responsibility of figuring out somebody else's story. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think it's a lot of also, like, self, um, like self-diagnosis or, like, self-narrative building and self-world building. I don't know. And those four colors, do you, is this what you set yourself as a rule, I guess, now to only work mm. in those four colors? Exactly. So all of my paintings are all linked through those four colors. So it kind of has a figure or it has a landscape. It's linked by those four colors and also specific gestures that come from my family. So, for example, all of my paintings are um, comprised of memories from my home. So, for example, my grandmother's nickname was Polka Dot. And so in the painting, there's like these polka dots oh, really? on the painting. Oh, I love that. And That's then, what I've got on my one. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yes. And then so, and then my dad was, is a construction worker. He owns his own construction company. And so he would wear these plaited um, shirts to work every single day. He still does. So it's interesting thinking about the duality of my mom and my dad's side of the family, how it kind of composes in my body and letting like the suit express that. Because again, it's like, where does queerness, where's queerness born from? Like queerness is something innate. Queerness is something that... It's from our family. It's a part of our DNA. Mm-hmm. So recognizing, you know, the lineage of all of that, I think is really important. Is there queerness in your family history, apart from you and your twin? Uh, I mean, I have cousins that are queer, right. and I have, like, and I'm sure I have other family members that are queer, but, uh-huh. I, you know, we're from Alabama, so. 
so hush hush. Maybe didn't get discussed, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah. I definitely have some definitely out cousins and you know, and that are older and that some that are younger. And I think that it's important too, you know, like being able to like have this community within your family also and like and it's is and we've all had like very different experiences, but also somehow similar experiences and just knowing that I don't know, we have each other is also really important and powerful mm-hmm. and it's great. So when you make your paintings, something that I, I really immediately recognised, you, 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 A, you have an incredibly distinctive voice, I think, as an artist. Yeah. Like, I immediately got it. And I'd never heard of you, you see, and Russell called me up and was so excited because he'd met you. <laughs> and um, he's looking at art all the time these days. And I, the minute I saw it, I got it. And I, and I feel like you've already got this kind of very distinct language. But one of the things that stands out most for me is the shapes of the bodies. Mm. Because I feel like you're often like almost... Um, contorted. Yeah, yes. contorted and also like squeezed into the frame somehow. So you're kind of using every bit of the page, Definitely. you know, to fill the body. In. It makes me think of Snake on the Nokia. Do you remember the Snake? Mm. Oh, when really? the Snake would build up and it has that kind of dynamic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's almost like you're sort of pushing the, the boundaries of the page or something. Do you know what I mean? Like you're Definitely. kind of, it's very much about spatial awareness and, and the, the figure in this kind of, I don't, yeah, contorted but shape. But they don't, they don't feel trapped. No, they Great. don't actually. Great. It's the opposite. I think they, yeah. they feel more joyful yeah. and sort of Great. like, it makes you think of dancing and movement mm. and kind of, they're very alive, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, that's exactly what the paintings are trying to achieve. I think a lot, particularly like the painting that you have and the, like my earlier paintings when I first started the series was all about the figure filling the space and taking up space. And I think the other thing that kind of helps with it feeling more joyful or more uh, not like, uh, I don't know, tense or as stress is yeah. the, the contact with the eye. Like there is like this stare in all the paintings that kind of, Forces the the viewer to read this figure and it be and yeah they, they connect it. all it the connect, eyes like, yeah. yeah straight out yeah yeah so that's I think is really interesting and I think it is about like taking up space pushing the limits of space being suppressed by space but also somehow finding like a life and a joy and movement and mobility within whatever tight constraints that you're in and I think I think about that a lot as like queer people you know over history and like you know, not necessarily obviously being, I mean, it's 2019 and we still, trans people are still being killed on the street and no Mm. one's doing anything about it. Mm. But how do we survive? How do we, um, you know, make better futures? How do we imagine better futures for ourselves? And that is kind of this resilience, which I think the stare does and kind of the being this kind of comfortability in these tight spaces because... We can transform, we can move, we can And I think there's dance. also something really interesting about the way that art can kind of carve out space for different people mm-hmm. and for us all to be heard and have voices. And it somehow becomes bigger than ourselves. Like, I think through the act of creating art, that then will spread a message much, you know, faster and quicker than it would be even well, if you Well, culture just... gets messages out quicker than yeah, anything exactly, else. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. Especially popular and culture. Same I with mean... music and everything. But yeah. for me, visual art... I, I love the way it can do that. And I think your work really successfully does that. Yeah. Thank you. And I mean, like I, like I was, you know, trained as a painter and a designer and as a designer, obviously. But you, you trained as graphic designer and then moved into fine art. Yes. Well, I went, when I was at, so to me, it's like this, I love that there is a distinction, I think in yeah. like a, like a commercial space. Yeah. But for me, the practices are so the same. Uh-huh. And the skills that I learned and at RISD, you know, studying graphic design were amazing and great, but they're the same skills that I need to make a painting. Mm-hmm. And I took lots of painting classes while I was at RISD. I was almost a painting major at RISD. And, you know, and the, all the painting, and I was trained traditionally as an oil painter. So, like, all of those same things we're thinking about form, color, composition, texture, movement, are still the same principles that I think about when I make things for a client or a logo or a poster. So do you work with type a lot? I work with type a lot. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, I think my preference is always working with type and image. And I think. Oh, tape. Sorry. You tape off sections of the works on paper, don't you? Oh, tape. Yes. Tape, 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 tape. Yes. Uh, which I think also speaks to more like the design kind of like gridded, you know, vernacular. Yeah, Yeah. 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 But I think, you know, as a designer, you know, my number one thing is to communicate ideas to people and to be as clear as possible. And I think similarly with painting, that's like our role as artists, you know, like visual language, like images, you know, Instagram is amazing because that's how it's, that's the easiest way to communicate with exactly. one another. Like people can read an emotion from an image versus like seeing you say it or reading it mm-hmm. from text, I think. Um, and there is definitely a directness in your work and and you can feel that that mm-hmm. need to communicate and um, I'm really into this idea of 
that there's there's always these kind of hierarchies of like you know fine art and then graphic design and somehow one is different to the other but what I love about what you're doing and I actually love in that in the history of art that I've been looking at in the past kind of 10 years or so there's actually been people in the past who have tried to do this Mm -hmm. and at the time totally didn't get accepted you know within the fine art context and now you know they're in museums and people are actually realizing now the power of what they were doing even um, like that amazing um, nun uh, sister Carita Kent, Kent. Mm-hmm. Who, who used screen print a lot and was trying to democratise art yeah. and make art for everyone and I was thinking a lot about her when I was looking at your work because I can see the importance of words and text and typography within what you do and there's a British artist called Cara Phillips who um, was in the Turner Scottish, Prize she's, she's Scottish oh. sorry yeah but Great Britain is Scotland okay. um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so Cara Phillips was in the Turner Prize a few years ago, and she also um, uses screen print. Mm. And they, they did a joint show at Spike Island in Bristol, which is like a museum, in, a, a public space in, in Bristol in England. And um, it had Sister Carita Kent and her work side by side. Oh, amazing. And it was two completely separate you know, generations brought together. And I, I think it'd be really interesting to see your work with Sister Carita Kent. Yes. Or, you know what I mean? Like that kind of dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I think what She's you're... got an upcoming... You know her work, do you? I know her work. She's got an upcoming show here. Where? Yeah, opening at... Um... I'll, I'll look it up on my phone in a second. Yeah, That's so cool. very soon. Yeah, I love her. Yes. we're definitely checking it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who are your influences? Who are my influences? Obviously, Nina, um, Carrie James Marshall. Yeah. I'm really inspired by you know like master painters like Klimt. Like I think the way that he treats yes. figures. So I can see like, the, the, God, the body. The way yes. yes, the way yes. they take up the space. Yes, exactly. And Picasso. Picasso has some amazing paintings, like particularly like his earlier works or like his blue paintings, where he's dealing with the figure in relationship to space is really beautiful. Um, Charles Your White. Klimt, that's really excited me. The Klimt thing, and I absolutely see that straight away. Like the, yeah. the way the figure occupies the canvas or the paper. That's definitely. And I also love what he does with textures and how he deals with like the surface. Yes, because you have the layering effect and the fabric and the so many things. Yeah, yeah. I love his work. Yeah. Um, and like it's, it's interesting also to see how his work has um, like changes over time. Like how he started kind of more naturalistic and kind of painting women in fields and how they became more pattern and decorative and how that was transformed to being on clothes and all these things. So I think like his work is very inspirational, um, beautiful. Um, Romare Bearden, who is a collage artist. Uh, his work is extremely inspiring to me. And I, love it. and I love collage. And I think that's another kind of uh, inspiration for like the texture of the paintings mm-hmm. where they are flat paintings and there's one piece of paper, but it does have this sense of like collage or layering or things are pasted on it, which is an effect that I love. And, and Jekka Akinili Crosby does that really yes, beautifully yes, well. But you're not even aware work. of it. And then you go forward and you're like, oh, hang on a minute. I'm totally obsessed with Andrew Jekka. I just think she's yes. so incredible. And the, the, the transfer element to it. Yes. And just that, that text you created, it's so unique. To and they're her. always on paper. Why, why do you think paper's your... I love paper. Well, one, I was, one reason why I like paper, because I, it feels so urgent to me. And yeah. I think when I, was immediate, when I was first making these images and these paintings, it, it did feel urgent. I think it was like uh, directly talking about a specific event that was just happening in relationship to how it affected me and my community. And I think also with the paper, as you build up the paint and over time, it like creates these layers and movement and kind of its own texture in itself. Mm. So the paper almost starts to feel like fabric, mm. um, which I which think is- It's always moving paper, isn't it? Yeah. yeah and when, I, you, when you frame, you float paper, it moves all the time. Yeah. yeah. And it's really, and I think that's also really exciting too, in terms of like- uh, portraying what the paintings actually are, you know, portraying like the fabric of the suit through the texture of the painting. And I also love the idea that they also feel like quilts. Like they just take a, the paper, I think, takes on so many different live forms or life forms, uh, which is why I love it. And now I'm switching to canvas because I'm thinking a lot more about. Um, preservation of my work and yeah. longevity of my work right. and how do I. Um, create images and, and work on materials that will literally just last longer and be easier right. to take care of. Mm-hmm. And now, like, it's like, how can I preserve this work more? And it's less about just the urgency of putting them out. It's more about now crafting more, I guess, more, they're going to be more nuanced um, types of paintings. That's great. And one of the other artists you mentioned I, I wasn't familiar with, which is Remark. Charles White. Oh, yeah. Charles White. So he also just had a show... Um, 
of his prints at the MoMA. At the MoMA, yeah, yeah. exactly. And he was a, and why I really like him is because he was a commercial artist. Like he was a draftsman. And then you can see how his paintings exactly look like somebody who drew architecture, drew like, you know, plans and blueprints and things. It has that type of, um, like it has that like very, I don't know, constructed structure. Of, structure yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of, of the paintings. And I, and I love that. I love seeing like the nuances of someone's full practice being embodied in the work they're making, you right. know, um, which is something that I, that I'm striving to do. And it's hard. For, and again, it's like, it's hard for me to disassociate my graphic design skills and yeah. processes from how I would, my painting skills and processes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's exciting. That's why I like painting too. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com And also, you... We're talking about your graphic design. Another element that's really important to you is um, this magazine that you work with, The, the Tenth, is yeah. that right? And can you talk about that whole... Yeah, so The Tenth magazine is a black, queer, fashion, lifestyle magazine. It was originally founded by Kari Sept and Andre Vernon and Cal Banks about maybe like five years ago, six years ago. Um, so when I first saw the 10th magazine, I saw it online. It was the America issue. And it was like these beautiful black men and they were talking about queerness and they were fashioning. And I was like, what is this? I need this magazine. What is this? So I ordered it, got it in the mail a couple of weeks later and was flipping through the magazine and got about halfway through it and was like sobbing because it was one of the first times I had seen producing such a high, beautiful, high quality, such a considered way of super specific nuanced stories about Black queer people from their own voice. And I was like, I have to work on this magazine. Like, I stopped, I emailed, I found it on Instagram or Facebook. I was like, Kari, you don't know me, but I just graduated from school. I need to help you with this. Like, this is a dream project. And so they responded back being like, yes, like, we love your work. We love you. Please, let's meet. Let's talk. And since then, I've been working as the art director as a magazine. So now, yeah, which is really cool. So I've been working on, like, four or five issues at this point. That's incredible. You completely made your own destiny there, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, like, it was, you know, again, like, someone took a risk on me, giving me an opportunity. I took a risk on myself by reaching out to someone. And, like, you know, that almost never happens. and, and And it worked out. Um, I think passion always goes a long way. Yeah. And I think like, you can just sitting with you now, you can feel your passion yeah, and your yeah, yeah. intelligence and your... And your kind pride, of your pride in your vitality. identity and how important that is to you Love and it. how much you, you want to be a voice for that. And that's incredible. Thank you. And, 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 part, and talking about like queer art, which seems to be uh, marginalised mm-hmm. still, do you feel like there's like a movement happening now like there was a show recently Louis Fratino that was at Sikemichi I love him love him yeah. and that was for me a bit of a breakthrough because that is very overtly queer yes like men with hard-ons jerking each other off and laying in bed and being intimate which feels like it's kind of been ignored I mean Tom of Finland started to move over and become more uh, accepted yeah and, and I feel like collective. any place you really ever saw something like that was probably like David Hockney's Prince or something do you yeah, know what I mean and, like, it was yeah. always and again yeah. and David Hockney was a white male artist but, again. That, but that side but, of the art a lot of people sort of didn't yeah, exactly. shy away from it's considered outside and art. I, I used to see those prints in people's homes and yeah. you'd never see those works in a museum no, no. and I was always like David Hockney made these drawings of yeah. like two guys in a bed you know yeah. and they were always <laughs> my favourite thing he did because they spoke and to Warhol, me and Warhol you know? did like close ups of penises yes, and you had made 
you didn't always see yeah. them. Didn't yeah. always see them. But yeah, do you yeah. feel like there's a, a movement happening? Can you feel it as being? Yeah, I mean, there is also the show. Um, I mean, I don't even remember the name of, it, but Jerry Sots wrote an article in Vulture about this new show about queerness. It was like these artists from like the 1920s and 1930s. They like finally oh, wow. are showing their work and are like maybe oh, like like, like 1940, that. like 1930s, 40s, 50s, something like that. Um, and again, like. I feel like now, particularly in New York City, like there is more space for these different nuanced stories. And even mm-hmm. with Louis's work, right? Like his his paintings are so tender, yeah. you know. Like they are showing like what people call like explicit gay sex, but at the same time, they're actually just like these beautiful, warm kind of love filled paintings. They don't feel beautiful explicit, paintings, yeah, explicit at yeah. all. Um, and you know, like, and that's one of the reasons why we started Codify Art, which is my arts collective, um, which I, I founded with Brown and Reese students. And the reason why we started was to make space for more queer, queer artists of color and queer artists and people of color and women of color and like making sure there is a space for it. And I think, you know, there have been a lot of efforts like Codify Art from different organizations, different groups. Like there was a show at the New Museum uh, like two years ago, three years ago, that was all about gender identity and expression and fluidity and oh, all of wow. that. So I just feel like people, people are recognizing that like this work and this art form, these narratives are valid and beautiful. And as, I don't know, poignant and impactful as any straight person making a painting about love, you know? Yeah. And I think, and, you know, and I think that has to do with like the culture, you know, mm-hmm. like we, we are, regardless of how things sometimes feel on the news and what sometimes we feel is happening in, you know, Alabama or wherever, I think people are more open and more, and more accepting. And obviously I think that's happening. So. I mean, I was talking to Russell when we landed here and I said to him, if you think even like 10 years ago, how far we have gone in, mm. in Western culture, um, you know, being more open about gender fluidity, you know, about non-binary, about all of these things. You know, even 10 years ago, it was kind of a- alien to me, the idea of discussing all of that. Like, people weren't talking about that. Mm-hmm. And now in London, the Hayward Gallery's got an, a show opening all, all about those mm. topics with mm. amazing artists, you know. Mm, yeah. and, it's, and that's in a major museum in London. It's like so good. And I, I think it's so important that we're able to talk about, you know, different experiences because we can all learn from each other's, mm. you know, Story. histories and stories. And do, you have, do, you know your, do you know your peers who are, like, doing the same sort of thing? Yeah. What do you mean? Who are your peers at the moment? Like, artists like... Oh, like, Jonathan Lyndon Chase, yes, like, John yes. C. Edmonds, like, um, I mean, there's so, like, Devin Morris, Devin and Morris, like, I mean, like, these are all, to me, like, amazing painters and photographers and artists and installation artists that are making beautiful work. You know, yeah. through Codify Art, I've been able to connect with and work with so many amazing artists, like Eve Olivier Mandura, who does uh, porcelain and puts like pornographic images on of men having sex on beautiful fine china. And like, it's oh, just wow. like, Love and it's just a pattern. You should look his work up, it's really yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Um, is it like ancient Greek stuff? Like they, no, it's like no. It makes me think of the birdcage. You know, I've seen the birdcage. Well, it's, like, the, the, it's like the birdcage in terms of like the floral kind of patterny, you know, decorative aesthetic. But then yeah. when you lean into it, it's like, oh, these are actually like men sucking each other off. Yeah, like porn stars. Oh. So it's really amazing. <laughs> um, so I think there are so many amazing artists that I know. Of course, I are doing amazing work, and you know, I'm excited for you know. Like, I love all these shows about identity and are about queerness and about fluidity, but I also just want to be like, this is a painter that does landscapes and they so happen to be queer. And yes. they're in a show with exactly. another just yes. landscape yes, painter, yes, yes. you know? So it's not so much about identity, but it's like, but I get where we are right now, you know? Like, and that's a lot of the work that we started at, out as Codify of like, okay, we're going to be like making sure that we're like, you know, identity-centered work or shows. And then we got tired of that, like, because we don't want our work and the stuff that we do just to be up, uh, we don't want to prop up our own identities and like no. erase kind of like you know the actual nuance. Well, you of don't our want to ghettoize it. Yeah. I guess it was like a lot of women artists kicked back when women artists started to be successful, and they were like, "Well, I don't just want to be a woman artist; I want to be right. an artist." But it was like they had to make a subculture within a culture for them to work up. And I guess right. it's exactly this, you get ghettoized, and then it becomes mainstream, right? And I, you know, and it's like, and like we've now we've done shows since then that definitely are like 
talking about like just being at home and like yeah. what does it mean to and have I think like, that's so important yeah. yeah and actually a lot of what you're doing with your graphic design side of with your partner your, your business you have like I love the fact that I, I think that is where you're almost going to take all of these ideas to the mainstream without it even having a title do you know what I mean it just mm-hmm. becomes part of culture visual culture like you'll see it as a logo you'll see it as a magazine you'll see it in in a I don't know a, a, a business's catalog or whatever but exactly but it's that approach you know, to visual thinking somehow. Definitely. And I think that's why it's so interesting and so important. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What's next for you? What's next for me? So I am a, a, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> I um, am getting ready to, I'm getting ready for a show in LA, which is opening September 7th at Steve Turner Gallery. Oh, great. Cool. Yeah, so it's going to be great. I'm doing like, the, uh, there'll be all new works, and they're all going to be on canvas. Amazing. And will you make immersive rooms for it? Is it going to be... It's going to be an... um, uh, It's going to be an immersive space. We'll see exactly what ends up happening. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm excited about it. What sort of scale are the canvases? How big are they? Mm, I'm doing a lot of 18 by 24 bus paintings, and I'm doing a lot of 36 by 48 um, kind of like figure... like figure paintings in the space. Uh, and then I might do like one bigger. Amazing. Painting. And same medium as you work on the paper. Yeah, just acrylic, same type of technique. Well, slightly altered, but I think they look really good. I'm and really excited. How long does it take you to make a painting? Is it quite a slow process or? Um, so like for the bus paintings, for example, they I can probably do a bus like two or three busts in like a week and a half. I want but, to see these. Have you made them already? You still, I made still them. Yeah, I can, I can show you pictures. Yes, please. <laughs> but you know, but it, it's mostly about things drying because I'm like layering and layering and layering like, you know, paint on top of each other and trying to make it as opaque as possible. So it, it's more like, that's why I have to work on multiple paintings at the same time because it's like a waiting process. Yeah. It's quite interesting because your paintings, as I said before, have this kind of like bursting energy or something. They, they feel very alive. Yeah. And what I was interested in was whether they did take a while to make them because obviously I, I often think if you spend too long sometimes, you kind of can lose that energy, that immediacy. Mm. But you seem to really be able to keep that. But then they don't look like they've been made really fast either. So it's a kind of amazing skill to have. How, how do you make sure you maintain that kind of aliveness in the work? Well, it's interesting because, like, with, like, the bus paintings, for example, like, so, like, there is kind of, like, this, um, I feel like there's an abstraction and simplification of the actual body form, but the internal shapes and, like, the um, the way that I'm dealing with dimension, I feel like, is what the energy is because all of that feels so much more gestural, I think, than what you feel in, like, this rigid structure on the outside. So I think it's like this tension of like kind of like these moving nuanced, subtle shapes inside versus like this very strong, stark shape on the outside. So I think it's like that feels like the paintings are vibrating a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, it's so exciting. So we I love s- your energy, by the way. Sorry, I just totally <laughs> yeah. think you're incredible. I'm yeah, so inspired. Right? See? And we're both like super tired today, but like <laughs> yeah. actually... You've given us life. Giving us life. We are living uh, right now because <laughs> of so John Key. Of course. So we ask all of our guests two really kind of stressful questions. The first one is, if you could do an art heist, you could steal any work of art in the world anywhere, a touchstone artwork that you can have to yourself, what would it be? Oh, whoa. Hmm. That's a really good question. Thank you. Um, I would want the paintings, a painter I would want to live with was would be a Carrie J's Marshall painter. Yeah. Or Alice Neal. I was still oh, Alice, Alice Neal. Alice I also love her. Huge inspiration. I was still Alice Neal painting. You'd, what, have you, do you know one in particular? I, I love the ones that she... So she has a, a whole series of paintings that she did in uh, Spanish Harlem. Yes. And there's like one painting that she did with James Baldwin, and I would want that one. Wow. Yes. Where have you seen that? I haven't. Oh, have I seen it? I think it was at um, David, uh, David Zweiner. Zweiner, yeah, yeah. David Zweiner Gallery, yeah. Yeah, I think they had, she had a show there like maybe like two years ago at yes. this point, maybe three years ago. Yes. Um, and I saw it there, but it's not like, but I, mostly just online or in my, in the books that I have. No, yeah, I love they're, her They're incredible, well. her paintings. Yeah. We actually were just at the Whitney the other day and we saw her painting of Andy Warhol. Did you see oh, that one? yeah, yeah, yeah. Which that's is really such good. an incredible painting. She's yeah. kind of half finished, but she left it like that and it was just. Oh, it's such a good one. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. That's a good answer. And our next question is. What is your favorite color? My favorite color is blue. Blue? Really? I thought you was going to say violet or purple. My favorite color is blue. 
And it's always been blue besides for a very short time where my favorite color was yellow when I was a kid. Oh, wow. And then it's, and that was like a week. And then after that, I switched back to blue. My favorite color is blue. I used to wear a ton of blue growing up. And even in college, I wore all navy. Like everybody was wearing all black in the design program. I was wearing all navy. Now I wear all black. So there's no blue in your work, though? There's there? no blue in my work right now. And is I'm, that hard to resist that, then, if it's your favorite color? Um, it's interesting because I... And so I'm, the other thing I'm doing this summer is I'm going to be going to L.A. at a different point at the end of June, the beginning of July, doing a residency at Otis College of Art and Design. Congratulations. And so the first week is going to be, they have like a studio, like just like come and do anything. And they said, Jung, come and paint. So I think that I'm going to do blue paintings for that week. That's interesting because you earlier said <laughs> blue, just port- like, blue portraits. Just like, I don't know, play. I'm just going to play oh, and like figure it out. I'm, just, I'm trying to take more risk and like and make more time to play. Like I have my That's serious great. paintings that I'm doing that I like know what I want them to be. But I also like, you know, I always try to do a couple of things all the time that are just like new and different. And so I think I'm going to start doing some blue paintings um, over the summer or have like paintings with blue objects in them. I'm not sure yet. Mm. Will you put them up on Instagram? Um, no. No, no. <laughs> you, I, I looked at your Instagram now, and your last post was like April. I'm so bad at Instagram. I'm more of a stories person. Like right. I'll put it on my Instagram stories. Yes, yeah, so I see your stories all the time. Yeah, yes. but I, I'm not like a. I don't know why I don't post things. I always think every morning, I'm like, oh, I should post something on Instagram. And then at 7 p.m., I was like, oh no, I forgot. <laughs> um, but I put things on stories. It will be on my stories. What kind of objects? I don't know. Have, have you painted objects before? I have painted plants. Objects. You painted plants. I painted you? plants. I painted vases and painted like I don't know. I, but I want to paint got more. Books. Some of your characters of books don't they? Some of your figures do they carry objects? Mm. Am I imagining that? No, I don't think. No, none of the figures so far carry objects. But I don't know what the objects are going to be. I don't know. I think I'm, I'm excited about like writing a little bit this summer and like just coming up with some fun new ideas and pushing the work. I don't know where how the blue would show up in like paintings I would pin in the gallery. Um, but I'm excited about just playing and experimenting and trying some new things out. I'm excited for your excitement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, well, this has been fantastic. Yeah. Who, who are you rep by now? No one. I'm an independent artist. How is that? I love it. I mean, I think right now where I am in my career is that I feel like I'm finally getting to a place where I'm super confident in the paintings that I'm making and like how fast I can make them and like the body of work that I have and like even just having extra paintings now. Like I have some paintings. And like before I was like making paintings and selling them and I like would never have any paintings. Yeah. And I feel like now I just feel like I'm building up more of like my own practice and you like to be with your own work as well. You like yeah. to surround yourself with that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm excited about, you know. Like, I think that will hopefully change very soon. But I'm not, like, putting any pressure on it. And I'm not uh, stressed about it. Because I'm showing um, people are still liking my work. and Yeah, that's the most important thing. You know? Yeah. And 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 also, like, and I enjoy making the work on my own, you know. Terms. Terms, yeah. So I'm excited about the opportunity of shifting that. But I'm not rushing it. I guess the graphic design as well, that's really successful. It gives you enough money at the moment to Definitely. be able to Definitely. really explore the art and not have the pressure on yourself to sell and to... Right. So, know. yeah, it's nice, like, you know, like, I'm an artist and I get to support myself with my other art and it's nice and it's it's very, like, I feel very fortunate, like, that I can do all of this also at the same time. You deserve uh, it because you're incredibly talented. <laughs> Thank you. Does music play a big part in your life? Um, yeah, so, like, I... So, my twin... Uh, Jared, who's actually at RISD right now getting their MFA in painting, um, we sing together all the time. And so when they were in New York, um, we used we like made music together that we showed in our Spring Break show last year in 2018. And I did acapella in college. Like I was the musical conductor, director for two years. Like, you know, I, and I love like being surrounded by music when I work, and I love like singing and painting. And but I don't perform that much. I'm not like my twin is definitely the performer, really? and 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 the both and, and and us. Like he's a dancer, he directs, he like studied theater at Brown. He like is he works at the public. Like he is the more performance um, person. Um, not to say that we. Are, we don't always talk about writing a play and yeah, performing. Yeah. And, what's, what's, what's his work like? Uh, so Jarrett first started out with kind of these black and white 
oil um, text paintings, and then they switch to incorporating performance and dancing. So they paint with their hair. So our grandmother has um, what paint with their hair? They paint with their hair. So they t- t- pull their hair up into a ponytail and they dip it into tempura paint, and wow. they paint on walls and large canvases, and they make music and scores, and they perform this. And it started because our grandmother- That's fucking cool. It's really cool. It's really beautiful. It's really amazing. You should look him up. Jar, J-A-R dot K-E-Y on Instagram. Jared Key. Um, but our grandmother had an expression that, you know, your hair is your strength. And it came from the story in the Bible, um, Samson and Delilah. And, you know, haircut, yeah. he got his haircut, he lost all of his strength. So Jared was, you know, growing his hair out, all of this. And in the middle of the night, Jared felt like our, he heard our grandmother's voice tell him, like, wake up and start painting with your hair. And he was like, what? And then that's what he did. He, like, literally next morning, I was there straightened his hair with a hot comb like our grandmother used to do. And then got the tempura paint, put the paper on the wall, and started dancing and making these gestures on the wall. And it's also amazing, too, because our grandmother couldn't read. So thinking about how do you translate um, stories and memories that don't necessarily exist in kind of text or Latin language, and how can it be more about the expression of the body and, like, the um, almost, like, transgenerational, you know... um, I don't know, history that is kind of born within you. That's so great. We've actually spoken about hair quite a lot with a few other artists we've interviewed. Yes. Um, one is called Zadie Cha, and she's um, uh, Canadian, but her family are South Korean. And oh. um, she uses a lot of like synthetic hair and this idea oh, of like yeah. being a kind of warrior or something, and she, it's really amazing. amazing. And then also Martin Creed, who's a British conceptual artist, he's used hair in his work quite a lot, and the idea of hair growing um, a bit like it, growing like feelings, mm. and that somehow as your hair grows, it represents feelings, and this whole kind of um, interior world being represented through your hair growing or something. And we were also talking about Janine Anthony, oh, yeah. who was in the 1992, she made that amazing work in Loving Care, where she used her hair as a paintbrush with hair dye yeah and that was kind of more feminist work but definitely but that's all almost like a precursor to what it sounds like your brother's doing what yeah your twin is doing yeah and there's Incredible. also um another painter that i'm completely forgetting the name right now and it's gonna like come to me right at, after i leave here but a black painter that also was painting with his hair in, like the 70s and 80s and awesome. did these like really crazy performance paintings where he would lay the paper on the floor and like it's very interesting in relationships like Janine and Tony and all of these people that uses their bodies to like talk about work or talk about their identities or talk about um, whoever, whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is very interesting. I also love hair because of DNA. Yes. Um, I think it's, su- it's such a, I don't know, it's just a really great sort it's of... unique, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like a fingerprint. Yeah, exactly. Is there rivalry with you and your twin? At all, it doesn't seem like it. It seems like you just got no, nothing but love and support. No, it's not. It's not at all. Someone else asked me this question a, a few weeks ago. Like, oh, is there like a competitive or like a contentious vibe between us? And yeah. it's like, no, we 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 are are each other's biggest advocates. We're each mm. other's like biggest critics. We are each other's biggest supporters. Like our parents raised us like you know being like it's only you two, so y'all have to be best friends. Like you don't have any other family, so you have to you know, always look out for each other. And Isn't that amazing? I love It's really that. amazing, yeah. That's such a good message to tell everyone. Because <laughs> we just interviewed an artist called Joyce Pensato the other day, and she was talking about growing up as an Italian-American in Brooklyn. And um, her brother, was always, they were quite competitive in a way, but mainly because of the male-female thing when she mm. was growing up, because she was growing up in the kind of 50s. I think she was born in the 40s. Mm. So it was a time when women, you know, weren't necessarily as equal as men and were meant to be homemakers or whatever. And she was always an artist and just wanted to do it. So she had this kind of competitive thing with her brother that's kind of sounds like it's gone all the way through their life but which can also lead to great work great work actually and great and also you do love each other even if you're competitive with each other absolutely you know what I mean Um, but I I was kind of really interested I've been thinking about a lot over the last few days that kind of idea of um, you know even growing up myself I had a brother when I was growing up he died but um when we were younger, the kind of competition you have, but then also the way that you can support each other in your creativity. And I remember my brother being really um, into like me making music mm. before I was even writing songs or doing music in my teenage years. And it was him actually who kept saying to me, oh, you should do music. And then when he finally died, I think I did do music because he sort of encouraged me to or something. Mm. And it's interesting how out of competition you can actually become a very creative flourish. kind of flourish thing, mm. yeah. Definitely. Like, I would say, like, I did a, at my solo show at the Rubber Factory, I 
did a reading for the first time of my work, of my writing that has inspired kind of all of this, like this mythology and this character and this, these paintings. And that was, Jared told me I should do that. Jared was like, you should do a reading. Like you have this writer, you've never done a reading. Like that's what you should do for your show. And I was like, that's such a good idea, you know, like, right. and well, so, so it's, it's nice. So spoken word, you stand up in front of an audience. I, well, I had, um, I had like some, I have like writing that I write and I like made a little booklet and like read it. Like I performed a reading. I performed a reading. That's so cool. Yeah, it was nice. It was really fun. And I want to do more of that. I want to like, and I, and I love writing and I love, um, you know, sharing stories. And I think it was interesting doing it, like sharing stories that I, that I actually wrote. Right. Which is fun. So, what what kind of stories are, are are they that you're writing? So mostly they are like um, they kind of are dissected into these four colors, like red, green, black, and violet. And so they really speak to those different things. So like there are stories about my family. There are stories about growing up in Alabama. There are stories about the environments that I grew up around. There are stories about me first recognizing my queerness in these first. Like they're, they're more like kind of, I, I feel like, abstracted, like, um, memories, you know, based off of my personal experiences. I love that. Oh, my gosh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't wait to learn more about your work, like, and get to know you more over, over the coming years. Yes. Oh, it's been such a privilege You must come to London you. at some point. Love you. I'm coming to London, oh. actually, this summer. I'm doing Great. a lot this summer. I want to be in London July 25th through the 31st. So a vacation, or are you there to do I'm like, with research? vacation. My mom's going to be there. My oh. twin's going to be there. It's going to be so fun. Well, and I've never been to London, so we'll, we'll hopefully see you there. We, we just, definitely um, have to We've just to opened a big new gallery complex um, about an hour outside London on by the train, the and it's by the seaside. Let's and do it. I would love to show you that space. I would love to go. Yeah, and we, we have an artist department there. We actually have a whole um, printing facility, oh, wow. and we make screen prints, lithographs, etchings, all on site. Pointing, and I would love pointing, you to come I'm at some pointing. point and make stuff with us, because yes. I've just fallen crazy in love with you today. I think you're amazing. Yes. And um, that would be awesome. But no, so not on this trip, but you could do it yeah, in the yeah, future yeah, and come stay. We have an artist department and all that stuff. Yeah. But it would be a, a joy to have you come and hang out with Margate. That would be amazing. I would love that. Um, yeah. Well, John Key, thank you so much. I feel like this is the, I'm so excited. I feel like we're <laughs> on the beginning of something. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. What's very, your very cool. My JKey13, JKEY13. And my website is johnkeyart.co. Awesome. J O N. That is J O N. When yes. does your show in Los Angeles open? September seventh. Okay, so everyone listening, get your tickets to LA. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you can't afford to do that, then look it up on the internet or on Instagram, Instagram, and we will make sure that we post pictures of John's work um, at Talk Art. You can see everything we've discussed today, including a lot of the artists that he referenced and mentioned today. Um, we will be back very soon. Yes. Yeah. Thanks Thank for joining so us. Thank you so much for having we me. Love this being is so in fun. New York. <laughs> Big love. Bye. Big love. Bye. <laughs> You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamant and Russell Tovey. Follow us on Instagram at Talk Art, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in this episode. Recorded at Spiritland London by Anthony Shaw and edited by Gareth Isles. Subscribe to Talk Art on iTunes and Spotify. Give us a rating and write us a comment. Thanks for listening. 